Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zipline through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. When I smelled it, I was like, this smells like, this smells like, like rubbing alcohol. <laughs> and then um, when, and you, it didn't taste that bad. And then I added a little bit of lemon and it was pretty good. Welcome to the Touchlines and Touchdowns podcast, the world's first and therefore greatest football football mashup podcast. I'm your host, Asa Smith, with you as always to discuss the finer points of things that have no fine points, which is to say soccer balls and footballs. Although I guess footballs sort of have a fine point at the end there. Regardless, uh, we are joined this week by our good friend, Ben, who is here to talk about Americans Abroad and what we did this weekend, uh, as well as Greg to have a pretty comprehensive rundown of the coaches poll. Uh, this episode is brought to you by the Anchor app, as well as the Smith Workforce Management Group. For all of your employment law and HR business needs, check out the Smith Workforce Management Group at smithworkforce.com. Let's get right into it with Ben and how we spent our weekends. Good evening, Asa. How are you tonight? Uh, I am wonderful. It is a cool evening in Southern California, and I'm uh, I'm a happy camper about it. Excellent. How's the uh, how's the upper Midwest? Oh, uh, too down no. mid seventies, I think today. We're we're getting to that part of August where we like to pretend that it's almost fall, and then and then very quickly we will be reminded that it is not fall. Well, in a week, I'm about to be in a third floor classroom with no air conditioning and 25 middle schoolers. So, uh, yeah, it's gonna be warm. Go with God, my friend. <laughs> um. You want to talk about uh, some some American American soccer, American football? You're, I guess. I mean, the weather is amazing, but uh, I guess we could talk about that instead. I guess. Um, so, just sort of a, I guess, I guess, like the uh, the way that we're going to do this because I, I guess we haven't really been able to do this yet is just sort of like you know run around the uh, the news of the weekend with the various relevant Americans that we can think of. Um, and anything else, I guess, that came up. But um, I guess it, it starts with uh, a good friend, Christian Pulisic, got a goal because he was playing Crystal Palace, and that's how that works. 
<laughs> right? I'm a little disappointed there wasn't a left-footed banger into the top left corner again. But uh, I guess a rebound, uh, putting home a rebound will do. Yeah, it's about the stats. <laughs> yeah, I just gotta just gotta really build that build that resume. It's it's a funny thing because it's like we as you know actual soccer fans who like to watch games and and assess things. You probably more than me. Um, like it's so frustrating when this when this discussion boils down to like, oh well, but did he get a goal? Because you know he's you know we both know that he's played much better games than this one. Um, yeah, to be honest, I thought he wasn't doing much, and I do feel like the goal helped him a little bit. I feel like he played a little bit better, kind of as the game wore on. But uh, yeah, I mean, it wasn't it wasn't one of his better performances that I've watched, at least. Yeah, so I think I think if 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 we, I had a choice between um, a, a poor game with no goal and a poor game with a goal, uh, <laughs> I'll take the goal. But right. Um, but you know, like it's not like it was like a a, a man of the match type performance. Um, but it, but I I think it's encouraging that he did start the first uh, Premier League game. Um, you know, obviously they had their Super Cup tie two days before, three days before. Um, so it wasn't like this is necessarily the first team, but it's close enough to the first team that I, I feel like you know we're we're still in that situation where we were last year, where if he's not starting, he's playing, and if he's and if he's you know, he's probably starting every other, every third or whatever. Right. And Chelsea has so many games that, you know, he's going to get, like we said the last time we talked, he's going to get plenty of minutes one way or the other. Yeah. I mean, they have, they have the, you know, 37 more Premier League games. They have the, the EFL Cup. They have the FA Cup. They have the Champions League. Yeah. They you have know, the cup that changes name every year after whatever company gives them a little bit of money for it. I believe it's most recently the Carabao Cup. What is Carabao? I have no idea. <laughs> I, I truly have no idea. Yeah. Um, but I, I, I think, I think technically the FA Cup is the Emirates Cup. Okay. Which feels on brand for what happens with the Emirates these days. <laughs> yes. Uh, naming rights available, we will take it, my friends. <laughs> yes. Uh, I feel like I, I need to mention here that the uh, the Emirates crown jewel of soccer lost their match to Tottenham today. So that was a shame, wasn't it? It was delightful. I had such a blast. <laughs> um, yeah, Manchester City is firmly in the you're just rooting for whoever's playing them territory. Yeah, I mean, well, it's it's like um, it's like Bama if Bama was paying players with more money than the rest of the world. Right. So it's like you know, like it's Texas. It's Texas. Texas has more money than the rest of college football, and they still suck. Isn't that amazing? Uh, that's I always get a, a kick out of that. Like sometimes yeah. I, I'll be watching college football and watch Texas struggle with like Kansas State, and I'm like, one of you has a budget like 15 <laughs> times the other. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, yeah, it was fun. But we obviously we we reserve the right to suspend this uh, if and when Zach Steffen plays. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so the other attacker of note in the in the Premier League for for our purposes was was Josh Sargent, um, and uh, I, so I didn't watch this game, but Norwich played Liverpool. He came on for like fifteen twenty minutes at the end. Yeah, I caught about so I watched all of uh, the Chelsea game. I caught about ten minutes of this one, and it it kind of felt Werder Bremeny again. Like there were times where he would play like a nice pass up the sideline or he would show some good touch, but he's out on the wing again. 
Uh, he's playing for a team that didn't look very good again. So I don't know. Hopefully it works out better than, than last year's Bremen team. Yeah. I think the, the most concerning thing I saw is there was a, like a screenshot and I, I ultimately watched it because you know, you had to, but there's a screenshot of him defending in his own, in his own 18. <laughs> and you're just like, ah, oh, please stop. Yeah. And he's running up and down the right wing again. And I'm like, man, can't we just get one of these guys to like play forward? So that actually that actually brings me to unless you have more you want to say about Josh Sargent in that ten minute. No, that's camp, yeah. that's all I can contribute. I'm sorry. Yeah. Um. So there there was a report that came out today. Uh. That Matthew Hoppy is in advanced or um Schalke are in advanced talks with Everton mm-hmm. on a deal for Hoppy. Um. He's not going to be their everyday starter. He's probably not going to make the bench most weeks. But I think that it's not a terrible situation for him. Well, I've got a buddy who's a big Everton fan, and I actually texted him about it. And he said, if Keane goes, and there's some rumors that Keane will go to PSG, maybe, I forget where, then he would be the backup to, um, you know, uh, Calvert-Lewin, which I don't think would be a bad spot for him. But if he's buried on the bench, I, I don't love it. I mean, secure the bag, I suppose, but still. Well, what I was thinking is that, like, I, I don't think that Keane is going to be playing against, you know, Leighton Orient in the Carabao Cup. Yeah. So, like, I think, like, if if Hoppy ends up as their, like, their cup center forward and he gets, like, spot minutes against Barnsley or whoever, Burnley, um, like, it's not a terrible situation. Um, it's not great. Like, obviously, I would prefer him playing, you know, week in, week out, getting 3,000 minutes. But I, I, I don't know how likely it is. Um outside of of leagues that you know i I question whether or not it's good for his development in the first place right just in general i don't like you know americans going to the premier league because i don't really believe most of them are going to get a chance um but i don't know we'll see i still have a soft soft spot for everton after the whole you know tim howard landon donovan thing but yeah that's fine uh speaking of uh english clubs that you have a soft spot for but probably shouldn't given the way that they behave themselves uh Tim Ream started in the championship, but still. Yeah, I mean, he seemed like I, 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 this might come out insulting, but I don't mean it to be. Like, I think that's his level. Like his. It is. It pretty... is no insult to say that a championship level defender is a championship level defender. Yeah, like Tim Ream is a pretty good Champions League center back. Like he's made it up to the Premier League twice. It hasn't gone well, and we've seen him. You know, it not go very well when he has to play high level people, you know, high level opponents with the U.S. So, like, I don't know, like he's I mean, it's not an insult. to Like, what's that like the, the best second division in the world? Like, he's a good center back for the championship. Yeah. And I, I think it's 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 like what it's one of those things where it's like uh, it's important to note that, like, while we all get really, really excited about a lot of players and, and we'll we'll talk about them constantly. Um like sometimes it's good to know that there's like a dude out there who can just like put in a shift against Guatemala. Right. Like I that's, mean, he seems like he's clearly a really good guy. He passes the ball. Well, great. He's hair. got awesome hair. Awesome <laughs> hair. <laughs> like we were going there. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. And, and it's fine. And, and it's, and it's probably now useful to mention Car- Cameron Carter Vickers. Um, because Has he actually he's, moved yet. No, but he's, he, he's been linked to Celtic. Celtic, 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 in, yeah, Celtic in in Scotland and um, Newcastle. Yeah. Uh, 
but I, I, I think that if Tottenham thought that he was a Premier League defender at the age of what he's like 23, yeah, 24. they wouldn't, I don't even know. Yeah, I, I don't think that they would just be so quick to give up on him. And they don't seem all that excited about him. You know, he, he played the preseason. They, I think they gave him a shot. They saw who he was and they said, all right. And that's not to say that he's not a Premier League defender. You know, maybe he is, maybe he's not. But I think that he, he has found his level in the championship. Because he, he seems like, you remember like um, uh, Stoke back in the day and it was like let loose the dogs of war style center backs? Yeah. Like he seems like he'd fit that. He does not so much seem like he could be like, all right, move this way to open a passing lane here and then hit this dropping midfielder to his. He's like, can I just can I just clear it? Yeah, I, I think it's 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 and, and it like goes back to like our, our thoughts about like, what is the purpose of a player in a position? And it's like, you know what? Sometimes the purpose of a center back is to defend. Yes. Jay Demerit would like to say hello. <laughs> <laughs> um, like, it's, it's just like sometimes that's the point. And and, you know, it's, it's, it's useful to have guys like that. And obviously, I hope that he becomes the best central defender in the world. But like at this point, it's like, I don't think it's going to happen. And, and, you know, I hope that he secures the bag and. Who knows? Maybe he moves to Celtic. He gets, champ, you know, Champions League experience and gets better. But I, I don't necessarily see it happening. Yeah. Well, and Miazga's going to Spain now, right? That's like yeah. all but done, supposedly. Uh, yeah. Well, football football Woj tweeted about it. So yeah. if, if if Fabrizio Romano tweets about it, I, I take it as true. Um, yeah, he's got a pretty good hit rate. Yeah. So he he said it's, it's happening. It's a done deal uh, on loan again. Um, so I, but I think it's great for Miazga. Um, I think that he gets to play in a serious league. I think that he's going to get a ton of minutes and I think that it continues his sort of, you know, general trajectory of not good enough for Chelsea, but way too good for these other bullshit leagues. Right. Alaves. I just looked it up. Um, yeah, Miazga exists in a weird tweener space for me because, like at least I'm just assuming I'm right. Cause I'm arrogant like that. But <laughs> um, like, so I, it's really seems like um, Burhalter prefers one passing center back and then one, you know, sweeper athletic defender style center back. Yeah. And I feel like Miazga is like a C plus at both of those things. Yeah. He's like a pretty good passer and a, you know, decent defender, but he's not like, uber athlete defender like Robinson and he's not a really good passer like Brooks or you know whoever um so he I don't feel like he exactly fits either one yeah he's he's an example of someone who I would want on the squad as a fifth center back exactly like 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 if you're gonna do a three back I think that he's perfect because it's like he's not gonna kill you in any in, in in any sense and he'll be fine um, plus he's, he's great for the shithousery. Oh yeah. We can bring him in to commit the orange card offenses for us when we need it. Yeah. It's, it's important to have that. Yes. Um, but you know, like, and, and so just talking about Spain, um, yeah, I, I think that that's a good move for him. I, I hope I really, I, I've liked Matt Miazga for a really long time because I was, I was getting into this game around the time that he signed with Chelsea. Mm-hmm. And so, so like, I thought like, because I didn't really understand how Chelsea worked back then. Right. Um, like I was like, Oh, Holy shit. This guy's like the real deal. Um, and then it turned out that that was probably not the case. But... Well, and he did get like a two game shot with Chelsea 
like I forget who even was the manager back then. Ancelotti, maybe. I don't know. But he got like a two game shot with them and just like that was it. He had to ball out in those two games and like he just didn't like I don't remember him being awful, but he wasn't great either. And then that was kind of it. He's never he's never got another shot with the big team. And, and you know, like it's sort of fine, like for for his purposes, I was I was thinking about this a lot, obviously, because he was in the news, but like he gets paid like he's at Chelsea and he gets to play all the time. Yeah. It's not the worst situation for a 24 year old. Like I was thinking, right. like, like we've talked about this before about like, oh man, like you want to get settled. You want to, you want to like establish roots. And then I was like, wait a minute. I'm saying that as, as a, at this point, way too old man. Who's like, I don't want to move again. Yeah. But like, if you, if, if I was like 24 and it's like, Hey, you're going to live in Belgium one year. You're going to live in London the next year. You're going to live in, I don't know where Alve says, but you know, somewhere in Spain the year after that, like, I'd be like, yeah, for a young single guy, there's a lot worse. Yeah. Like, hell yeah. Cool. And then it's like, there are worse ways to go about your early twenties, uh, while getting paid Chelsea wages. Right. And I just saw somebody, um, put out like the numbers of the, um, of the Lukaku deal. And basically Chelsea has paid for Lukaku, Lukaku by selling off portions of their loan army. Like they've made, I forget how much or how many players it was, but it like totaled up to like 98 million euros or pounds or whatever. And they paid, you know, a little bit more than that for Lukaku. So like it's just a really smart business plan. You sell guys for 10 million here, 15 million there, 8 million there. And it, it adds up. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's smart and it's good for the players because they get a ton of exposure. Plus, you know, it, it's not like, it's not like a situation where it's like, you're, you know, if you're the central defender, at Anderlecht, like let's say let's say Miyazki was actually like a full time defender at Anderlecht, like they're not going to be so like jazz to give up a, a starting central defender when they when they have ambitions of of Europa or, or even Champions League. Um, whereas Chelsea don't care. Like yeah, right. sure, great. Like they're not going to negotiate hard with you over Matt Miazga. Right. It's like hey, we want ten million. We want fifteen. Well, we'll give you eleven. Fine, whatever. Yeah. We have other things we need to do today. Yeah. Um. Which is like, like sort of like the, uh, the, 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 the style of negotiation I sort of appreciate. It's like, fuck, I, I don't care. Whatever. Fine. <laughs> we have that laying in their couch cushions. Fine. Just give it. Just come on. Yeah. We need to get him off our books before next year when his contract's up. Just deal with this. Yeah. I was kind of amused earlier in the summer when um, I feel like uh, Holland was interested in going to Chelsea and they, Bert, uh, Dortmund put like, you know, let's just say he, we want 150 million for him. So everybody will leave us alone. And Roman Abramovich is like, is cat is cash good? Can we can and, we do cash? Yeah. Do you want half like, cash up front and a check? Yeah, later? like how do you? For... Yeah. Dortmund is like, crap. We need a new strategy. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, yeah, Roman Abramovich does not does not care about this. Uh, and and I I was always actually sort of I get it. Erling Holland is like the the prize at the you know at the ball, but um, like. In, Inter Milan lost their coach because Conte was like, "You are broke, and I can't do this." Like well, I, the entire I, world is broke except for <laughs> Roman, except Roman. for the Premier League and Qatar. <laughs> it's like the Premier League, Qatar, and nope, that's it. Everybody yeah. else is broke. Yeah. Um, and speaking of teams that are owned by a bank right now, uh, Sergino Dest played about seventy minutes today. Yeah, I think he looked pretty good, but I also somebody sent me a bottle of moonshine, and I had somebody. a glass of <laughs> naming no names. No but, names. Uh, I had a, right. I had a glass of that while I was watching Barcelona, so 
I don't know. I think that's looked pretty good. <laughs> yeah. So, so I got to, I got to catch probably the last like 10 minutes of his shift. Um, and then the rest of that game that got real, real weird at the end. They did end up winning, right? Yeah. Four two. Okay. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was interesting to watch, uh, when he's on there because he seems, I don't know. It's, it's tough because like you want, you want Serginio Dest at Barcelona. Like not not only for the for the obvious reasons, you know, it's a, it's the one of the biggest clubs in the world. It's a constant contender. It's you know the marketing, all of it. That's all really important. And and I'm actually like not disputing that. Like it is actually important yeah. um, for for American soccer players to be at the biggest clubs in the world. Um, he is such a, a a square peg in a round hole there. Like it, it feels like he's so uncomfortable with what they're trying to have him do. And maybe, maybe this game was, was, like I said, I only watched five minutes. Um, but maybe, I, maybe this is like a little bit closer to what he, would be good for him without Messi, without like the, the superstar attitude. Like the, the, the Barcelona of old, you know, until probably the last 20 years was like totally youth focused and totally like coming up our way. And so I was wondering coming into this this year, and, and obviously we're going to watch a lot more of him because he's on ESPN Plus, but um, I wondered if, if he was going to get like a better shot to be him as opposed to being the guy who is the back behind Messi. Yeah, well, I have, I have two thoughts here. One, um, I feel like he looked better towards the beginning of the game. He went on a couple like snaky runs and looked pretty good. And then maybe, I don't know, towards the back half of the first half and definitely when you were watching I think he was hanging back a lot more maybe it was because like they were up and you know they didn't want to you know just take yeah take the air yeah. out of the ball yeah something like that so I did feel like he worked a little bit better that way but then also like to steal a uh, Bill Simmons thing I feel like Barcelona is like prime Ewing theory here <laughs> you think like so? well I mean last year they finished third in La Liga and got bounced in what the quarterfinals or something of the Champions League. You're yeah. telling me they couldn't do better than that this year? I mean, I they definitely I, I, could. They they definitely could. The the problem is is that like usually in the Ewing theory, you have your second best player. Um, but they sold their second best player to the team that won La Liga <laughs> in Suarez for like twelve bucks and a pack of gum. Yeah, um, but I don't know. I feel like Griezmann is gonna be better now because I don't I feel like he ever worked that well with Messi and if you didn't yeah. work well with Messi you just weren't going to look good like yeah. Gepay is there now Braithwaite looked really good today I I don't know I, I was pretty much unaware of that guy almost until the Euros over the summer and he looked really good so I don't know I, I feel like Barcelona, well, they're still could, Barcelona. could be surprising yeah, yeah it's, it's not like they have nobody but it, it's it's an interesting thing it's like does a club that that has elite elite players and the best player of all time. Like, if if does the dream team look that much worse if an aging Michael Jordan leaves? It's a question. Yeah, I mean, um, I th- still think Messi is the best player in the world, so that's gonna hurt. But at the same time, like when you you kind of feel it when you watch Argentina. Like, there's such a premium on getting him the ball and trying not to screw up. That like I feel like there's a chance they're better as a team because they're not deferring so much to one guy. It's not a terrible theory. I don't hate it. I, I think it'll be interesting to see if they, if they get again, like I've, so I, I, I pointed this out on Twitter, but I just finished inverting the pyramid. 
Um, and there's a whole a whole lot about Barcelona and what Barcelona was built on and also like where they come from and what they were supposed to do before Messi sort of became Barcelona. Right. Um, and they, they were all about like, okay, like we're going to press high. We're going to possess the ball as like almost a defensive measure. Like there was this whole thing about how Pep Guardiola um, liked possession, not for its own sake. Like he didn't care about having the ball or not having the ball. He really liked having the ball because it meant that the other team couldn't score. Right, you're is, not running, and they're not. Yeah, they're not attacking. And and it's and it's weird because like we think of Pep Guardiola as this like super attacking, like aggressive, blah blah. That's that's just that's 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 game control. That's Nick Saban in the '90s. You run the ball so that the other team does can't score. So I like I've, I think I said this before. I've started inverting the pyramid a couple of times, and I usually quit in the first hundred pages because I don't really find it that interesting. But Fair. Did it get? Does it get better as it goes along? Well, it it becomes more fun as you as you start recognizing people's names. Okay. Um, Maybe so I should like, like just skip the the early history of it next time I try it. Yeah, it's not a terrible idea, but like there, there's some super interesting stuff in there in like the the mid from so the the most interesting things happen in in soccer from like 1910 to 1930, and then 1950 to 1970, and then like 2000 on. Like okay. basically, basically any years in which England was ascendant is boring as shit. <laughs> um, because England, England played an incredibly boring style of soccer. Route um, one. Yeah. Like it's, it's, and it's based on a, have you ever actually, I, I, I bet you have, but like, there's this story that like the, the father of English analytics um, was a guy who was like, you know, I charted a game and of the five goals, four of them came with three touches or less. And so the entirety of, of English analytics is based on that theory, but nobody pointed out to the guy that like 85% of all actions had three touches or less. <laughs> so it's like, yes, but was that the most efficient? And like, like for years they refused to like deal with this. Um, I've never heard that particular anecdote. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, that's an example of, of misunderstanding statistics. Um, which I actually think is in inverting the pyramid somewhere, but well, there's um, lies, damn lies and statistics, right? Yeah. Like you can, it's anyways. So the, the point is, is that it's a good book. There's some really, really funny things about what was going on in, um, the Netherlands in the seventies, because they had at the time, the best player in the world, uh, who was like, uh, he had long hair and everybody figured he was a hippie, but he was actually an authoritarian. Christ. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and like the whole like thing about is like total football, which is about like you know like highly systemized play it, offense defense transition whatever. Um, but like because they had long hair, everybody assumed they were like part of the counterculture. Well, have you I read found... brilliant? Oh, sorry, go ahead. I just found that very funny. Have you read Brilliant Orange? Uh, I've not. Okay, that's like an, an entire book just about the Netherlands and their like kind of wacky seventies crew. Adding to the uh, the Amazon Amazon wish list <laughs> so that I can give more money to Jeff Bezos. Please sponsor <laughs> yeah, our right. podcast, sir. Um, so okay, so elsewhere in England or in Spain, um, Yunus Musa did not make the the squad. He's still recovering. We love him. Please get better soon. Yes, that would be wonderful. Um, Shaq Moore still not in La Liga, and therefore I know nothing about what he did or didn't do. Correct. Uh, going up the continent, we have France. We have two things that happened in France. Um, one is Tim Weah is apparently a center forward. Um, yeah, I, I actually I, go ahead. 
I just I, I obviously didn't watch the game because I don't have that channel, but everybody was talking about him playing center forward. Not particularly well, but it's it's an interesting thing because we have him we we have this idea of players playing in certain positions, and we'll we'll talk about this more in a second in Germany um with Geo, but like just because they play in one position in the national team setup initially doesn't mean that they'll always play there. Like Brendan Aronson came in as an eight and he hasn't played as an eight for the national team in two years. Um yeah. And so, like, we see Wei as a as a winger because I think that's what he's always been. But maybe he is a center forward. I don't know. Apparently, he didn't cover himself in glory in a four nil loss. But yeah, Lil was still with the uh, championship hangover or something. Yeah. Um. No, when he was uh, first breaking in, um, he got some playing time with PSG as a forward. Same thing. Like, honestly, most a lot of the playing time he's gotten has come as a forward, and like. Back in the day, this is when uh, Aubameyang was still back at um, Dortmund. And he actually reminded me slightly of Aubameyang in like kind of like just, I don't know, some of like the the really pacey forward that could, um, you know, maybe score some goals. But he didn't seem like he had the the scoring touch that Aubameyang did, at, at least at the time. I don't know what's going on with him these days. But um, uh, Arsenal are trying desperately to get out from under his contract. <laughs> yeah so wait he played really really good got paid and then hasn't played as well since yeah oh crap do we need to mention Fuller and Balogun or no um I did not watch any of that one so I can't speak on it but he didn't well, score a goal nope Arsenal didn't score a goal against Brentford go money <laughs> ball uh, suck at Arsenal and uh if he if and when he commits we'll talk about it I yeah. I'm not going to talk about dual nets that that have not committed and 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 we don't feel are, are certain here so anyways i i feel that with Wea. um i think it's an interesting thing especially with this setup um under burhalter having a, a center forward who can take the top off of a defense opens up a lot because we actually do need that yeah i mean because, think about all the room that pulisic and reyna might have if the d has to drop and right. they can you know kind of move into that space right i so i so i think it, it might be potentially the best option there but we're not even sure that that reina is going to be playing the wing because uh after two games the entirety of american soccer twitter has lost its mind because conrad de la fuente is uh good hey it's kaylee cuoco for priceline ready to go to your happy place for a happy price well why didn't you say so just download the priceline app right now and save up to 60 percent on hotels so whether it's cousin kevin's kazoo concert in kansas city go kevin or becky's bachelorette bash in bermuda you never have to miss a trip ever again so download the priceline app today your savings are waiting go to your happy place for a happy price go to your happy price priceline why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Yeah, I guess. and you know what I almost hope happens. Not, I don't seriously hope this, but like if he doesn't get called up for World Cup qualifying in September, after like any you know puts in a couple more performances like this, it's going to be really funny. Oh, it's going to be it's going to be so dumb. Like oh I might, I'm I'm like I'm I'm torn between like 
am I going to engage in the slop or just turn off my phone? I oh, man. <laughs> it's, I mean, I get it. It's like I'm ready to make Joe Scali our starting left back. But we at are. the same time, like, let's just give it a month. You know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, like, the thing is, is that, like, and it's tough because, like, the prime example of this recently was Matthew Hoppy scoring five goals in three games and then not scoring mm-hmm. again. Um, like, chill. People get hot. It happens. Yeah. Um, but on the, on the flip side, like, look, like, he's not coming with no pedigree, right? Like, yeah. Barcelona rated him enough to keep him around as long as they did. Um, so, but but he I, was on Barcelona's roster, like, every game day, basically, last year and never got to play. But, like, he was apparently good enough to be on the game day roster. Yeah, and, he, and and I think he played in the Champions League a couple times. Yeah, I um, think he played in one of those like dead rubber group stage matches, you know, where like nothing yeah. matters anymore. Yeah, but like still, like he was part of that group, like right. the second group, and that's I mean that's meaningful. That means that you're good enough. Yeah. Um, so I think I think it'll be interesting to watch him throughout the year uh, because, you know, he's what he's twenty. Yep. I mean, he's young. He's. And and it's tough to play thirty eight games at a high level in a in a serious league. And and you know France isn't England or Spain, but it's still a serious league. Um, it's funny to me we have so many good wingers now, and we didn't have a dang one of them at the Gold Cup. <laughs> not one. Not a one. Um, I uh I I feel like now is is a time to mention because we're I'm I'm not really going to talk about MLS folks until I and unless I have to. Um. But Jordan Morris, I feel like getting injured has been the, like he could not have gotten injured at a worse time. Oh, man. that I mean, it sucks for him on many levels. But, yes, he's just gotten passed by so many guys in the last six months. And like the thing is, like I was never like a Jordan Morris hater. Like, I, you know, we've talked on this podcast about like, oh, MLS stands or Euro snobs. Like we just want the best players to play. And Jordan Morris for a long time was one of the best players who mm-hmm. could play on the way. Oh, absolutely. Um. And then he hurts his knee, and then we have an explosion of voices. Yeah. That's, it's tough for him. We hope that he comes back healthy. But, like, if he comes back and he comes back 100%, is he a top-four winger? Because I don't think so. No. I mean, I'm actually I, – I periodically update, like, my own personal depth chart because I'm just a giant nerd like that. Sure. And I'm kind of looking at mine, and I think I've got him, like, sixth or something. And that, yeah. that's assuming he comes back healthy. Yeah, I mean, like, that's something. Right, I, I and that's, like, a darn good player to have sixth. Yeah, I mean, we're – it's it's interesting. It's very interesting. You um, know what else is wild to me? Why can't we grow a friggin' winger with a left foot? It is an interesting concept. Like, like I have a winger depth chart that goes 10 deep. Every single one of them is right-footed. It's it's like a baseball team that doesn't believe that uh, left left handed hitters matter, right? Uh, um, but what what I wonder is actually like if at some point Berhalter, because Berhalter has shown a willingness to adapt his system a couple times now, like I wonder if if what he does is he just plays right handed. You know, yeah. you have you have Pulisic cutting in from the left, and you just have a, a heels heels on the on the chalk right winger, um, right. because because Dest has shown a willingness to get inverted in his own way um you know those little snaking runs that he makes into the middle so you you get a a, a left back like anthony robinson who also we, we didn't mention him but he also started for fulham and played fine um you know who, who wants to stay wide who wants to cross like it, it could still work 
Right. Um, like that would have been my, I mean, it, you know, the horse is out of the barn or whatever, but that would have been my entire pitch to Ephra. I'm like, you have a left foot. We need a left foot. Like, come be left footed for us. Please. <laughs> um, oh, by the way, we haven't mentioned it on the show. David Ochoa left. We loved him. We no longer love him. That's how it works. Godspeed. We, we wish him all the best in his, in his personal life. We wish him all of the worst in his international career. Correct. Please may, continue being a troll, but don't play well against us. Yeah. May you never win another international game, and <laughs> may you make all of the money in the world in the MLS. Um, <clears throat> so, moving on to, to Germany, uh, Joe Scali started against Bayern and looked g- good. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> like, I was... So, I'm... Uh, Twitter friends with like a German I don't even know what he is a tactical analyst guy and he was like so you're going to make him left back right now and I'm like <laughs> I'm trying not to get too excited like he just looked he was matched up with Lurie Sané yeah. and just shut him down and was more offensively dangerous than him like I think Byron tried to go at him for a first 20 minutes or half an hour and it was just like nope not happening well it's it's like in, in, in American football like you see a, a freshman corner out there you're like all right Okay, take a couple shots, like just right. see what happens, whatever. And then at a certain point, you're like, "Well, this isn't working." Yeah. So, and and I I so I watched a lot of that game, and what I was most shocked by watching him was that he he's not a left back. No, but he was nope. just happy to be there, and like like he played with like a certain edge that like you know this this generation seems to be cultivating you know right and there was one point where i i kind of love german idioms um like my sure. favorite like like the weird translations you get or whatever i think my favorite one is for whatever reason there's some german word that means defensive midfielder that comes out translated as poison dwarf which i think is amazing <laughs> but anyway at some point like the german color guy was like mentioned joe Scalia is showing his teeth and i can only imagine that's some sort of like german thing that he's managed to like translate over in his brain but like yeah, he like he wasn't scared. He was getting stuck in. Like it, it was, he looked really good out there. And I think, I mean, and look, like we've we've been talking about how we need a left back. Anthony Robinson never looks good in the national team setup. Um, Sam Vines doesn't believe in his right foot in any regard. Um, so like I I think maybe Joe Scally's the guy. Like you certainly got to call him up, especially yeah. if he, if he continues playing. Um, Derek Ray, who's the who's the commentator, said that like don't expect it. Yeah. They didn't bring in a, a left back for eighteen million euro to have him sit behind Joe Scally. Well, um, all he needs to do is stay hurt a little bit longer. And I mean, if you're the coach and you have an eighteen year old kid that's putting in consistently good performances, I mean, eighteen million euro left back dude might get Wally pipped. Uh, may that be the case. Um, in, in other German action, did you did you get to watch? I had a Sunday league game this morning, so I didn't get to watch Tyler Adams, but the uh, the discourse was not good. I watched, yeah, I did. I you know it's funny. I did like the total thing where like he went off in the 64th minute and I turned the game off. Um, <laughs> but uh, I don't know. I thought Adams looked pretty good um, as far as like, you know, breaking up play and being the first one of the ball and all that sorts of thing. Tyler Adams he, thinks. Yes. Um, but I was more worried for Jesse Marsh than Tyler Adams because I didn't think Leipzig created a whole lot of dangerous, you know, scoring opportunities. Well, and your leash is not going to be real long there. No, and, but they didn't play their best attacking player. 
um, like Sabitzer didn't play, right? Well, he he came on. Actually, he came on for Tyler Adams in like oh. the sixty fourth minute. I think I don't know. Isn't he supposed to be moving to Bayern? I mean, that was that's been the rumor for six months now. But so yeah, I don't know what's going on with Sabitzer. Uh, but... It'll be it'll be interesting. But as long as Tyler Adams is doing Tyler Adams things, that's fine. Yeah. Um. So, Geo. So okay. So hold on before we before we finish with Geo because I want to finish with Geo. Um, Italy has not started yet. Um, Tanner Tessman played today in, in a Coppa Italia game uh, for Venezia and uh, looked comfortable. Okay. Um, I didn't get to see that one. Did you watch it? Yeah, I, I, I watched when he came on and oh, he okay. came on in like the, I don't know, 80th minute or something. Okay. Um, and then played extra time and then missed a penalty kick, um, which was not great. But he he looked like fine. You know, and it, and it's a, it's a testament to to how things have changed in America that like he he I mean, look, it was a second division Italian team in a Coppa Italia. Game. OK, that was my question. So yeah. it was yeah. Venezia it, against a second divi- like a Serie B side. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So but but he looked fine. You know, like he, he didn't look out of place. He didn't look. And, and, and that's the thing is that like if you had told me that Tanner Tesman was going to Serie B, I would have been like, yeah, cool. Great. Like that makes sense. And like weirdly, this might sound dumb, but he got number eight, which feels oh, kind of meaningful to me. I, I I put that on on Twitter. That that it is meaningful. I mean, he's the number eight for Venezia, and so I mean, I don't know what that means on a on a sort of like a cosmic level. But I mean, he's I, not seventy two. That seems like a good sign. It is a good sign. Um, Joe Scali's twenty nine, which shows how they they feel about him. Yes. Um. Now, now on to number. Oh, el- elsewhere, uh, West. Weston McKinney is not going to be a starter for Juventus. He's not started in any of their preseason games. He's not started for them. It is what it is. Yeah, it is what it is. Uh, Brian Reynolds um, apparently is sticking with Roma, which... Oh, boy. Yeah, get excited for that because he's going to start one game, make one mistake, and never play again. Yeah, he's going to start, like, whatever the Carabao Cup version in Italy is. Yeah. Uh, So, thanks, Josie. Um, And... I think like like amongst the players in the the non top five leagues, the the Luca Della Torres, the Mark McKenzie's, um, I I don't I don't have that much to say. I didn't watch them. Yeah, it I is didn't catch any of it. Yeah, um, on those games, like when we see it, we'll talk about it. We we didn't see it. It is what it is. Um, if you want if you want to hear about them, I'm I'm sure there are other podcasts that that are. I don't know. We're only Talk. two men. We can only watch so many games in one weekend with families. <laughs> um, but the, the most interesting news of the weekend for me um, regarding German players, and like I said, we'll finish on Geo unless there's anything else you want to talk about, um, was that so, – so someone asked the, uh, the director of Bayern, and this is like a self-serving bullshit answer, but fine. <laughs> um, like someone asked him about like, oh, well, like how do you feel about this? Like are you going to keep up with the arms race? You know, talking about Lukaku for 100 and whatever, 17. Um, talking about uh, – Messi for 40 million a year talking about uh, Grealish for 113. Um, and he said, no, we're, you know, we, we can't do it. We don't have the money. We can't do it. You know, we like our, 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 our youth, you know, we have Jamal Musaila um, and Chris Richards. And you know, like, he was like the second name mentioned when he was talking about the kids who he likes, who are going to come up. Mm-hmm. Um, now this is a self-serving answer because they just spent 40 million on uh, Upamedico. Um and and they've bought out every single relevant uh, Dortmund player not named Christian Pulisic <laughs> ever. Right. Um. So like so like you know like 
grain of salt. But also, the it's it's not interesting because of the the concept. It's interesting because he mentioned Chris Richards, um, and we've all been sort of operating under this assumption that Chris Richards is not really part of their plans. But I don't know. I mean, if you if you mention him, like what, like why mention him unprompted? You know? Yeah, I don't know because I get the impression that if somebody offered them ten million euro for Chris Richards, he'd be sold. Yeah, I get the same so, sense. So I don't know. Like that seems like talking out of both sides of your mouth to me, but. I, I I don't I don't know what the plan is. I don't know what the theory is, but I think that increasingly I think that they look at Chris Richards as like break glass in case of emergency, which is awful for him in his career, but sort of good about where he's rated by them. I suppose. I don't know. I like I don't think Richards uh, I don't think Richards plays in this upcoming World Cup window if that's the case. Correct. Does he get does he get called up? No. Why would you? Yeah, I mean, like the thing is, is that if if you're gonna if you're gonna bring up six center backs, you know, or five, let's say five, right? Um, there there are, you know, you you got to bring up John Brooks, you got to bring up Miles Robinson, All right? You probably bring up Mark McKenzie. There's three. Uh, Walker Zimmerman, when healthy, played out of his mind. There's four. Uh, do you bring James Sands, or do you right. bring, or do you bring uh, Chris Richards? Uh, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. Do, do, do you bring Matt Biazga? I mean, he's not even playing yet. I don't like, he doesn't have a team. So I don't think, I don't think he can be one. Is Aaron Long healthy yet? No. Okay. But so, so, so maybe he comes just, you know, dearth of options, but yeah, yeah because I don't think Henry Kessler's coming. Um, <laughs> Donovan Pines is available. No, he's not. Um, <laughs> Uh, but like that, that's sort of the point is that like, is, is Chris Richards not playing going to, to sort of suspend our thoughts about him? I don't know, but I, I think so. So to, to end on, on Gio Reyna, um, he scored a goal. He looked good. He's playing as an eight, not as a winger, despite his number. Um, so I think, I think that, that it is interesting for us because, you know, like it's it's a funny thing that happens on Twitter where people are like, "See, he's playing as an eight. Maybe, maybe Greg Berhalter will play him as an eight now, as if Greg Berhalter didn't consider it in the first place." Right. I mean, <laughs> you got to look at what he's doing though, too, because like, does he get back on defense? He's yeah. like trying, but he yeah, like want to. <laughs> yeah, like yeah, he's there physically. Um, but... He's not there. He's not there emotionally. Yeah, right. He's like, I'll do this because I'm supposed to be here. But can we go back on offense? I, I, um, I like scoring the goals and assisting the goals. Yeah. Although he plays with Erling Haaland, so he doesn't get many of those. No. Um, but like he's just he's really good on the half turn, like between the lines, like slipping passes, you know, through and uh, he's got really good, you know, close control. So does it really matter if he's an eight or uh, like you know a drift inside inverted winger for the u.s he's going to end up in roughly the same spots right so and you, like it doesn't matter yeah and you got to think about who we have it right back like when when serginio dest is playing with with geo reyna regardless if if whether G, whether geo is the the eight on that side or the or the winger dest is going to go somewhere and geo is going to combine with him like yeah because because if you're not playing Geo at that at that winger spot, you're playing Wea, and Wea is not hanging around to play quick passes. 
Right. And I think maybe we said this last podcast, if you're playing a weaker team, then yeah, sure. Why not throw them at one of the eight positions and then you can get an extra winger on there. But if you're playing Mexico, then you probably want more steel in the midfield to steal some sort of cliche. And then you can put, you know, Reina on one of the wings. Right. And, and, and that ultimately is where, where we're at with him is that like Gio Reina is, is a non-droppable player, but you know, eight or 10, like I, I think a lot of fans really, really like the shininess of, of attacking players. And there was, there was a, a some discourse about like, would you start Acosta or Wea right now? And soccer fans on Twitter who I otherwise respect were like, well, obviously you, you start Wea. And in my mind, I'm like, why? Yeah. Like, I like Wea a lot. I think he's really, really good, but it's like, do you think that we are going to have 75% of the ball? Cause we're not right. Like you, you got to have people who are going to be like, nah, motherfucker. I got this. Yeah. I will go get the ball back for you so that you can go do yes. things. Yes. Um, um, but yeah, so, so I think, I think that that's sort of like the, the, the Americans abroad wrap up, unless there's anybody I missed. Did I miss no, anybody? Not really. I did kind of want to mention that I think Dortmund is just going to be, really really fun to watch this year because i actually remember watching uh gladbach two years ago maybe when rosa was the coach there and Mm -hmm. like they didn't even have any americans and they were fun to watch so i I have a feeling that dortmund is going to be involved in a lot of five to two five to three kind of games it's just going to be that's just going to be a lot of fun to watch especially since our our golden child is their number seven and um is apparently like doing serious media for them like he was yeah. he was in a like a twin interview with uh holland oh yeah uh and in which it, it was mostly like erling talked about how awesome you are geo talk about how awesome erling is <laughs> yeah. well and this doesn't even go but you something you said made me think of it like i just love how like how like sneeringly arrogantly mean geo reina seems like on the field, he's like, give me the ball because I'm better than all of you frigging idiots. And then, like, when somebody doesn't pass him the ball, he's like, didn't I tell you that I'm better than you? Give me the frigging ball. Like, uh, that's just, like, he, his whole demeanor screams that, like, I'm insulted that I'm sharing the field with you idiots. Anime villain Gio Reyna. Oh, it's so good. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. How you doing, Coach? I'm doing great today, Coach. Do you know why I'm doing great? Tell me. 
because I get to make podcasts with my friends using the Anchor app. It, and well, you know, I, I get why that makes you happy, but certainly you have to pay for the Anchor app. You know, you'd be surprised to find out completely free, completely free. But they say nothing is free. Well, apparently podcasting with your friends can be through the Anchor app. Wow. Well, you know, I'm, I'm sure that it's like you got to have some like super complicated studio or editing software, right? You know, I can't say that confidently, but since you're the one that edits all of our podcasts, I'm fairly confident any moron can do it. Well, you know, any any moron can do it because, again, I do it. Now, that doesn't mean that you can edit well. You can't. I can't. I don't really know how to edit. But you can do it through the Anchor app. It supposedly makes it easy. You're just not that good at it. It's all right. And we, when we say you, we mean the royal you, listener. Not just you, Asa. Uh, or but, you, Greg. Right. Uh, and not just you, Greg, you, Greg, but you, Greg, Greg Burrell. Who, who I assume listens. Does, do, do we have confirmation that Greg Berhalter listens to the podcast? We have confirmation that a Greg listens to the podcast. Why do we need the second one? I mean, you certainly don't need an extra G. No, that's just Greg. that's incredibly wrong. Um, but, you know, people listen to our, our podcast and they, they listen to it all over the place. So does that happen by magic? It, it might. I don't know how we got a Czech Republic listener. <laughs> Well, I think it's because the Anchor app distributes via Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. It does. It's very easy to find. I've been able to find it on at least two of those services. And, you know, isn't that what the whole point is? Spotify, Apple, Google. What more do you need than those three? Right. Our tech overlords have made it clear that that's what you need. So that's what you need. What what do you want? Um, So here's, here's probably the biggest question. Um, it is well established that you get pray, paid in breakfast tacos. Yes. Um, but if somebody wanted to be paid in perhaps fiat currency, such as dollars or pesos, could they do that through the Anchor app? I don't personally understand why they would choose to do that. But yes, the Anchor app is willing to pay you in fiat currency instead of breakfast tacos, if you are so inclined. We're... we're we're just saying that if you wanted to trade your podcasting voice for fiat currency that would then be used to buy breakfast tacos, you could do that. That's your choice. Your uh, ideas intrigue me, and I would like to sub- subscribe to your podcast. And I can do so using Google, Apple Podcasts, or Spotify. Just go to Touchlines and Touchdowns and click that little follow button, and you'll hear from us twice a week, every week. Every week. Um, so it sounds like this podcast, which is very professionally done, is all done in one place through the Anchor app. It sure is, which makes bridging our four different time zones a hell of a lot easier. Sure does. So do you want to do you want to do, do the call to action or do you want me to do the call to action? Be my guest. <laughs> this is a professional podcast. So. Here for listeners and friends, download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Uh, do not put anchor.fm slash TLS underscore N underscore TDS um, because we don't get anything from it. So just go straight to anchor.fm or download the free Anchor app so you too can trade fiat currency for breakfast tacos. That's really the dream.
going, Coach? Hey, hey, hey. What are we drinking? Uh, <laughs> margaritas <laughs> and mimosas, but that was that's not relevant. Feels relevant. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, man. Mimosas are good. Margarita. I mean, you, you said margarita before mimosa. I assume the mimosa was before the margarita. No. Really? Uh, yeah. Went to breakfast and did a uh, long dog walk. And there's a couple of places along the trail down here that have uh, pretty good, pretty good, like margaritas and like drink specials on Sunday mornings. And uh, the mimosa is just to kill a bottle of champagne at home. All right. Well, that I mean, that that seems like a good use of a Sunday, especially, you know, before football season starts. Yes. And not being employed on Mondays make it helpful. That that would seem to benefit the idea of day drinking on a Sunday. Yes. It makes it a lot more palatable. Right. Okay. So um, so as we're sort of getting getting uh, geared up for the season, but far enough away that like the the the, the previews have not started. Um, I felt like it would be good to go through the uh, the current sort of uh, understandings of the various teams that we're looking at because we we spoke briefly with Nick about the coaches poll and some of the the hilarity that was going on there. Right. But I, I I feel like we didn't like dive deep into the stupidity that is this coaches poll. Okay, um, let's do it. All right. So first things first, like the top four is boring as it always is. Bama, Clemson, Georgia, Ohio State? Oklahoma instead of Georgia. But yeah, we can just do the ah. top five. It's fine. Um, so I, I want to go on record that uh, this podcast um, will acknowledge the existence of those teams, but to the extent possible, we'll not talk about them until they lose. Or until they do something really dumb and funny. Right. But like I – like. There are, be- there, there are other podcasts that talk about Alabama football and like, uh, I'm sure that they have a lot of fun doing it, but like, can you imagine like a Yankees podcast? Yeah, it's awful. No, they're not they're, the, the top four or five. Well, I'm going to say the top four aren't funny uh, or interesting to speak about unless you want to talk about their NIL right now. Cause some of, some of those are kind of funny, uh, but Georgia will always be funny just because Kirby Smart is still in charge. So until Kirby Smart is no longer in charge, and until they don't play South Carolina, they <laughs> will uh, continue to be very funny. And like, there's like a certain amount of like, uh, um, the longer this this title streak goes, the funnier it gets because right. we are. Uh, this is this is the 41st season in a row that Georgia uh, has not won a national title. Um, and like, there are a ton of other schools that have not won a national title since 1980, but none of those are the flagship university of one of the three best talent producing states in the country. Four. Yeah. Four. Florida, Georgia, Texas, California. Yeah. So the flagship universities of Florida, both have won titles since 1980. Uh, and Miami did too. Right. Uh, flagship university of in in terms of football of california won a national title yes multiple the texas won a national title in the 2000s they did Um, yes and george and ohio is like the other one uh that that that's always mentioned in that five george is pretty clear of them by now but um ohio won titles and here you are georgia the last time you won a title herschel walker was enrolled 
Right. And now Herschel Walker is going to be a GOP senator from your state. So, you know, you win some, you lose some. (laughs) And sometimes Herschel Walker winning is a win and sometimes Herschel Walker winning is a loss. Yeah. Depending on how you want to look at it. (laughs) Depending on what decade we're talking about and Uh, what degree of CTE he's currently experiencing. Allegedly. No, that that man has has CTE. Like, I'm willing to put a large amount of money on that. Uh, Speaking of large amounts of money, number six, Texas A&M. Yes. Uh, $75 million for good old Jimbo. Can we talk about a worse use of money? Like, Uh, like, yeah, it's whatever Florida State did after Jimbo left. uh, That's a worse use of money. Like, I guess conceptually, like you would rather 75 million and Florida State doesn't uh, abjectly suck. Right. 70. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, dogs. I understand you have a deep love of Florida State University, but. Uh, 75 million for like eight to 10 years or eight to 10 wins a year is a pretty good use of money. 75 million to have three coaches in three years, not a good use of money. Well, uh, uh, who have been the coaches? So you had the um, you had the immediately after was Willie Taggart, who yes, never really year. yeah. He, well, he never really got a shot, right? Like right. He got, I'm, not, he, I'm not blaming him, but he did only get a year. Yeah, I mean, he I think I think he got like 18 games, which is ridiculous. Okay, and maybe then, that. Yeah, who who's their coach now? Are you in front of it? Mike computer? Norvell. It's Mike Norvell. I, it's just so uninspiring. Yeah, I mean, it's still him, right? Like he hasn't been. I, fired. I, I, I'm like only like eighty percent confident in that answer. I think so. I think it's Mike Norvell. Um, so Norvell was like another one. Of, he he came after Fuente at Memphis, um, and we've seen how Fuente's done at Virginia Tech. Um, yeah, dude, but yeah, but I mean, I didn't see that. I don't know if we could say we saw that coming. I thought Fuente was going to be a lot better. So. I did too, but that brings us to like maybe maybe Memphis is just a good situation. Sure. So like so maybe let's not like say Mike Norvell is a, is a good hire for Florida State because maybe just being in a city school that devotes a ton of money to sports is like a good idea. Yeah, definitely. Um. So we that was that was a whole lot of words about Texas A and M that turned into a whole lot of words about Florida State, but. <laughs> Um, but Texas A and M, like I, I feel like they're going to do what they always do, which is win ten games, but not really ever make us concerned that they're going to be a top four team. Yeah, I mean that's basically what happened last year, right? They won well, not ten games, but well, no, because the SEC played a full schedule, so it was probably yeah. ten games. And people were talking about, oh, like they might sneak into the top four, and nobody really like considered that a possibility. Yeah, and I think that's like a an annual thing with Texas A and M, regardless yes. of who their coach is. Like, it's just like, okay, they're gonna they're gonna win ten, they're gonna they're gonna play well, you know, but they're gonna lose early enough and in a stupid enough fashion that it's like, all right, fine, whatever. And then they like screw up one other one at the end of the year to make them completely irrelevant. Right. Uh, traditionally, that was Texas, but uh, now it is Arkansas. In the future, will be Texas again. Uh, it could also be Arkansas again because Pittman's making them Pittman's making them into enough of a program that they're going to cause some funny things to happen. Not enough of a program that we have to actually you know, care about them on a year to year basis. Yeah, they feel they feel uh, 
like they are they are going to become the um the Purdue and, and it's funny because those two institutions could not be more different but I can't sign on to that just because I feel like Ole Miss is like the no, Ole Miss, of the SEC TM. Ole Miss is uh is is the is the um is the Indiana because they're chaos. Like I understand Indiana's kind of good these days. Well, yeah, but Pitt is Pitt is so Indiana is the Pitt of the Big Ten. Like it's the chaos team, right? So okay, so I guess Ole Miss retains chaos team. Uh, so that so so going down the list, then we have Notre Dame, who I don't care. Uh, Iowa State and UNC and Cincinnati. So they put eight, nine, ten. The three schools that you're like, uh, are you aware, coaches poll that these teams are who they are? Because the coaches poll traditionally does shit like. Well, it's Texas, and it's like, right. well, can you name their quarterback? No. Do you know who, 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 who any of their players? No. Well, it's Texas. All right, fine. Eighteen. I kind of feel like this is still kind of the same thing, but instead of it's well, it's Texas. It's well, it's Mac Brown. You know that, like that. That's that's a good point. It's like, well, we like Mac. He's a he's an affable fellow. Mac's in charge. What are you telling me? It's not. He's not in charge of Texas. Oh, okay, fine, great. <laughs> Uh, so, so the, the, the notable thing about UNC is that UNC has like the, um, the Mitchell Trubisky thing again, where they have maybe like the, the highest regarded quarterback prospect. Yeah. Howell. Um, Howell. And Howell's he's gonna... a much, but like Howell was like a five-star coming out of high school. He's played well for multiple seasons. Trubisky was like a three-star who got his senior year, got the start and just played really well. Right. Like he only yeah, started yeah. one year. Right. But, but. It, it goes back to the thing where, like, I don't trust, and this is like, this is one of those things where it's like, bias is real. I don't trust non-football schools to produce quarterbacks. So, like, you tell me Duke has a quarterback who's going to go in the top five to uh, the Giants. I'm going to tell you that he's going to be a failure. And yeah, I'm well, right. <laughs> I think most people saw that coming, except for Dan uh, Gittleman. Dan Dan Gittleman did not see that coming. Dan, uh, da- uh, Dave Gittleman and John Mara. I I think that's the right Mara, right? Yeah, uh, it's not Rooney Mara. Rooney no, Mara. No, it's he's yeah no he that's the right Mara. Rooney is uh, the Pittsburgh 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 Sounders. Actually, Rooney Mara is an actress. No, the Rooneys are the owners of the Steelers, and they married into the Mara family, who is the owner of the Giants. And Rooney Mara, I believe, is the great granddaughter of both of them. Or the granddaughter of both of them. I, I feel like in, in a European nation, she would be some sort of princess. But in America, she's just a shitty actress who uh, was in uh, House of Cards. She was fine. No, that's Kate Mara. Rooney Mara is... Uh, Kate Mara is also in that family. Rooney Mara is Girl with a Dragon Tattoo. You know... They're, all any- come, they're both from the same family. The reason her name is Rooney Mara is because she is the granddaughter of the Rooneys and the Maras. Uh, I mean, I guess that makes sense. I, you know, last name, first name, uh, but we already talked about Georgia. Um, <laughs> yes, so- she is also the quarterback prospect for Georgia in 2024. Like that, that's the thing is that like, it's, it's a shame because like Rooney, I, I, I don't know that Rooney is, a, it is an especially gendered name. So you absolutely could have had a scenario in which there's a Rooney Mara boy who, who is a quarterback prospect. And, and we would have, we would have 
penciled him in for Georgia from birth, I assume. Right. I mean, there's no, I mean, I can't really say that there isn't a Rooney Mara male prospect. There could be. I don't, I, 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 I don't know. It's possible. Um, so let's, let's go up to the, the first team North. Well, that's not true, but anyways, the first team that I want to talk about North of the Mason Dixon line, uh, Cincinnati. Yeah. Luke fickle doing work. Uh, yeah. So it turns out the whole, like us being Michigan state fans and wanting Luke fickle, like it might be valid. Uh, I, I don't know if it's more of a recruiting thing or more of a coaching thing, because I mean, if it, if it was just a straight coaching thing, he would have done a lot better that one year at Ohio State. I think it's... Yes, because Ohio State is famously terrible at recruiting. Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, if, if, it, was, if it was just a coaching thing, like, he would be able to take five... I mean, that was a team full of four and five stars, and he would have been able to win more than whatever they want, six games. Yeah. If it's being able to put... it's more. I think he's more uh, of per, kind of a coach that needs to have his guys in order to fit his system not as not as badly as like some other coaches rich rodriguez uh (laughs) where he can kind of like fickle can kind of adapt but he needs this he needs his general guy types whereas rodriguez basically could only succeed if he had this specific type of guy and also institutional backing which well uh... that's not his fault though that's (laughs) i'm just saying like like Rich Rodriguez is is, a, is an interesting concept of like don't leave a good situation if you don't have to. Um, Rich Rodriguez at West Virginia was perfect. Like they were like great, cool, do your thing, be weird, be uncouth, fine. It's Morgantown. If you wear a shirt with a collar, you're winning. Whereas in Ann Arbor, it's like uh, nope. If you're not wearing a suit that has a monogrammed uh, notification that uh, you graduated from the University of Michigan in 1964 then it doesn't work. Yeah, I mean, in, in fairness to him, I think he got double the pay to, to move. But uh, yes, his shtick definitely worked a lot better. And his wife's shtick was 100% better in Morgantown. Yeah. Rita Rodriguez is like the definition of a Morgantown princess. <laughs> um, Doesn't yeah. really fit in Ann Arbor. No, Ann Arbor, different thing. Different thing. Uh, Much so less get- bedazzling. Yes. Uh, so now we've got the, 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 the portion of the coaches poll, which is the coaches poll doing what I know the coaches poll is supposed to do, which is Florida, Oregon, LSU, USC, Wisconsin, Miami. Yep. They're like, ah, fucking, I don't know, man. It's Wisconsin. They'll probably be fine. Yeah, no, 10 to, 10 to 20 pretty much is the same. Let's call it eight teams plus like two interlopers, uh, interlopers every uh, season, you can basically just pick any of those eight guys and just be like, yeah, no, that, that works. I mean, 11 through 20 is literally like Florida, Oregon, LSU, USC, Wisconsin, Miami, Indiana, which is weird, Iowa, Texas, Penn State. Nine out of those 10 teams are in every single coaches poll between 11 and 22 every right. year. You cannot convince me different. So if you took out Indiana and put in Michigan, that's pretty much like <laughs> as stereotypically of, of 11 to 20 as you can get. Yeah, it's just like but you okay. gotta like you gotta mix up the teams sometimes. They're not always in the in that order, but like those are the teams that are eleven to twenty. Yeah, like sometimes uh, sometimes Clay Helton is is on the hot seat and USC is twentieth, and sometimes Clay Helton has really really a great team and they put him at eleven, but he's always going to be between eleven and twenty. Right. Um, and Clay Helton uh, is eternally the coach of USC. So what can you do? 
Um, but I, I, I think the only interesting teams to talk about here in, is, is obviously we'll, – we'll talk about Indiana in a second. Um, but sorry, I'm, I'm watching uh, the Barcelona-Real Sociedad game, and uh, Sociedad has scored two goals in three minutes in the, uh, in the 80s. Is it 3-2 now? Yeah. That's great. <laughs> lovely, lovely work, Barcelona. Um, so anyways, uh, so Indiana we'll talk about in a second. But the, the other team that I want to talk about here, which I think is interesting, is LSU at 13. Because that is such a show of faith that no one else in the country gets. Because LSU was awful last year. Yeah. Is they Kalini were... still around? No. <laughs> I don't think so. Um, and, like, they were bad last year. So, like, the fact that they're at 13 is a testament to, to I think, what, what a lot of people are thinking. Because, obviously, okay, hold on. We usually do this uh, since we've assessed the coaches poll many times. But it, it's important for our, for our non-football enmeshed listeners to understand that coaches do not actually fill out these polls. Um, sports information directors do. Uh, coaches, coaches do not waste time on things that they don't have to do. Uh, like if you ask a coach if, if he would rather a three course meal or a stew, he would say a stew because he could get out recruiting faster. Sure. But I also don't think that it's entirely true that some coaches don't fill these out. I think there are plenty of coaches that fill it out. And that's why there's constantly the same teams from 11 to 20, because they don't actually watch anything. They just, they're just like, uh, I need a 12th team. Cool. That's Wisconsin. I need a 14th team. Shit. Let's just go with Texas. 18. All right. Iowa. <laughs> um, so I, I think that the, the only coaches I can think of who would fill it out are like Mac Brown fills out his coach's bowl ballot. Well, but Mac Brown doesn't <laughs> probably do that much coaching anymore. Mac like, Brown, no, he's a fundraiser. Yeah. He's a fundraiser. Yeah. He's like, he, it's interesting because he, uh, Mac Brown is an example of, a coach who truly understands his assignment and his role. And his role is to be like a partner at a law firm. It's like, do you do any of the actual writing? No. Do you edit anything? No. Do you argue in court? Oh, I sit there. You know, I'll... I, I was going to say, it's more like the royal family. Like, at one point, you had a function. At this point, you're basically there to be a figurehead. Yeah. And you're like, you're a very effective figurehead. And right. like, but 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 the fact of the matter is is that Queen Elizabeth and Mac Brown had probably coached the same amount of games in the last five years. Yeah. Um. So so in terms of in terms of 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 that type of filling out things and you know is Miami actually the 16th best team in the country? I don't know. But nobody who filled out this coach's bowl palette knows either. Yeah, I mean we're not going to find that out until we get you know two or three weeks into the season. Right, and. and- I mean, they have they have they have their Michigan State quote test unquote, which is not going to be a test. No. Um, they have but, somebody before that too, don't they? Uh, let's look at the let's look at the schedule. We, this is a professional podcast. Production uh, meeting during okay. the podcast. Oh, they open against Alabama. <laughs> there it is. I knew it was somebody. Yeah. So we're gonna find out real quick if uh, Miami has anything to talk about. Yeah. So, uh, so, and, and look, we're, we're not saying that they need to beat Alabama for us to consider them the 16th best team in the country. They just need to not lose by 30. Right. They need to, uh, I don't know why uh, teams that have any, I guess, uh, Ambition. like their sights set on postseason success. I don't know why you would ever open with Alabama unless somebody makes you because I mean, yeah, you might knock them off, but the, 
it's much more likely that your team just gets their entire confidence <laughs> knocked down for the entire season. It's like, well, what are we supposed to do? We played a bunch of professionals. Yeah. And and Miami has like the, the, the ultimate um the ultimate sort of uh counter, which is they have the better quarterback in the game. Um, well, Der- Derek King is probably going to be one of the top, let's call it five college quarterbacks this year. And yeah. I say college quarterback because, like, Sam Howell is going to be, I'm almost convinced, Sam Howell will be a better NFL quarterback. But if I had to take, you know, Sam Howell or Derek King for one game in college, I- I'm going to go with Derek King. It's kind of like the, uh, like, Vince Young versus uh, Tony Romo, whoever else came out in 2005. Like, I'd much rather have Vince Young playing for me in college, but once we got to the pros, Tony Romo is probably the better better pick. Yeah, and 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 it's because they're different games, and and people like sometimes it it overlaps, like uh, you know Cam Newton or Peyton Manning or whatever. But uh, Tom Brady was a bad college quarterback, not bad, but he was he was not like a special college quarterback. Right, he was run of the mill. Maybe should have started. Maybe shouldn't have started. Um, another one that's good at both probably is Lamar Jackson. Yeah. And uh, good for Patrick Mahomes because he's like the first Texas Tech quarterback. We are like, wow, yeah, you can you can do both. Usually Texas Tech quarterbacks are like, are like yeah, you're going to throw for 5,000 yards in 12 games in college, and then you might be third string on the Colts if by the time like you're – yeah, it's by the time you graduate. Well, I mean, like it's it's not an accident that, that uh, Texas Tech quarterbacks uh, became – uh, like the, the the cottage industry for for coaches who get uh, who get promoted too quickly. So Cliff Kingsbury, Graham Harrell, all these folks who got like promoted way too quickly. Yeah. Um. So that's that's sort of the the game there. But um. Yeah. I mean, I I think De'Ara King is is probably my pick for the best quarterback in college this year. I mean, I can't think of anybody I'd rather. I, I'm gonna wait and see what his what the team looks like around him, but it like on pure merits, I think that he's if not the best, I think he's easily top three. Yeah, I mean it's it's you go through the list like there are a lot of there are a lot of people replacing quarterbacks like look right. Ohio State prop like DJ Ungalele is is probably is probably going to be as good or better, but we have what two and a half games of of information. Yeah, um, and one of them was against. What Notre Notre Dame? He came in against somebody really good. Yeah, yeah, it was yeah. Notre Dame because uh, Lawrence was uh, COVID. Yeah, the first time they played Notre Dame. Right. Also, DJ Ugalele is the uh, first player. I was saying like Clemson is funny for NIL things. He's the first player to sign with Dr Pepper, so he is now part of the fan. What do they call it? Fan fandom. Fansville. Uh, the, Fansville. The Fansville uh, Open Universe. I so. So I, I I guess my question is is DJ Ungalele in Fansville like DJ Ungalele playing DJ Ungalele like how uh, noted character actress Margot Martindale plays noted character actress Margot Martindale in BoJack Horseman, but right. it's like or Neil Patrick Harris plays Neil Patrick Harris in uh, White Castle, right? Harold and so, Margot to White Castle, right? So do do we know if he is going to be DJ Ungalele as himself or DJ Ungalele as DJ Ungalele? I don't think it's been released yet. I think we have to wait for the opening kickoff between Clemson. I'm assuming they're going to uh, debut him during Clemson, Georgia, because that's also the first weekend, and that's uh, they got a neutral site game. 
Right. Is that the is that the, like the the one that happens in Atlanta? No, it's in Charlotte this year. Oh, really? Because uh, Clemson, I guess, is technically the home team, and the ACC's championship game is in is in Bank of America in Charlotte. Interesting. Uh, I mean, it makes sense for the ACC because it's kind of up and down the coast, right? Um, okay, so 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 we'll see we'll see that. I'm I'm hoping that he plays it's DJ Ungalele as DJ Ungalele, and then they like they use it to do something funny as opposed to him just like showing up and hanging out with that sheriff. Yes. Like, they, need like, to sign, they need to sign bigger actors for that, too. The sheriff would be hilarious <laughs> if it was Tommy Lee Jones just playing his character from No Country for Old Men because Tommy Lee Jones doesn't want to be there, so it's even funnier that he's just, like, being an asshole to everybody. <laughs> yeah. Or, like, alternatively, you could get the, the sheriff from, um, from Stranger Things. I doubt yes. he's got a lot going on. <laughs> uh, he, well, he was in Black Widow, but that's now getting sued into oblivion, so who knows? Yeah, did that movie even happen? <laughs> Yes, and now Scarlett Johansson is suing Disney for the uh, dual release on Disney Plus and in theaters. Uh, if you would like to subscribe to our legal podcast, we don't have one because it's boring. Um, but uh, the, the, the crux of that legal suit is that um, most actors negotiate for a percentage of box office. And if you yep. re- don't release into a box office, then they get I less guess- money. Yeah, I guess that's like like a, a, a violation of the principles of good faith and fair dealing. I don't know, whatever. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, the the best example of it was, uh, I think it was Alec Guinness and Harrison Ford both got offered. You can either take a percentage of box office and royalties, or you can just take a straight dollar amount. And Alec Alec Guinness hated Star Wars, didn't want to do it. It was like he like did it as like a favor. So he's just like, fuck this, I'll take the I'll take the forty grand. And Harold Harrison Ford was like, "Well, I was a carpenter three years ago, so like, I'll I'll just take like the income coming in because I could always go back to that." So Harrison Ford's made like eighty million dollars or something, <laughs> something ridiculous over uh, the last fifty years, and and Alec Guinness made like forty grand. And it's well known that Harrison Ford never never was involved in another big budget or or blockbuster film. So right, good and Harrison Ford also hated Star Wars, but at least he made more money out of it. My 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 favorite part about Harrison Ford and Star Wars is that he kept telling people to kill him off. <laughs> yeah, he kept like, but that was a condition for him to sign on. It's like, yeah, if you kill if you kill Han Solo, I will do this movie, and then like. Three weeks into production, they're like, Harrison, listen, we have some bad news. Uh, you're going to survive this one, too. And he's like, God damn it. <laughs> it's like, I, I, I don't want to do this. <laughs> uh, but the, on the on the plus side, he did uh, inspire a, an entire generation of um, of of women in their in their fashion choices. Uh, have you have you, like have you seen that thing on, on Instagram? No, I'm assuming it's just the, the vest uh, vest. Has- Vest over white T-shirt with like tight black pants. Oh yes, I have seen the the white girls dressed as Han Solo meme. Yes, and like I, I I always wonder if they know. I think some of them are self aware, but I'm assuming the general. I mean, this is this is stereotypical, but the general woman or the general girl at this point who's going to wear that outfit is probably not aware of a movie from nineteen was that eighty eighty four or something like that. Uh. Return of the Jedi. Return of the Jedi was eighty three. Eighty three. Okay. Uh, so yeah, probably probably not all that common. Although you know, you wonder, you wonder. You do, yeah. 
Um, so let's finish off this coach's poll before we get too far down the, the stretch of Star Wars to the point where I, I get mad about things. Um, so we, we, we finish out with, the, with the, the last five being Washington, Oklahoma State, uh, University of Louisiana, Lafayette. And yeah, I'm calling you Louisiana Lafayette. Deal with it. Uh, Coastal Carolina, Chanticleers. And yeah, War Chickens. War Chickens and the Fighting Lane Kiffins. Um, I I have a theory. I think that Nick Saban used whatever power he has in his ongoing contract with the rest of college football to get Ole Miss ranked. Because he was like, I'm not doing this. I'm not doing this against an unranked Ole Miss. <laughs> it's like him hedging. Like, listen, just in case we lose, they were, 20, they were 25th. Don't worry about it. Well, no, no. Even more than that, it's like, look, if they come in ranked, then they have hope. And if they have hope, we'll snuff it out because Ole Miss must never have hope. Right. Yeah, fair. But if they're unranked and they're two and two going into that Bama game or something like that, then it's like, oh, shit. That's dangerous. Yeah. It's <laughs> you know, Ole Miss with nothing to live for. Like when you employ Chad <laughs> Kelly. It's 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 not something that you're going to want to deal with. Have we also talked about the fact that Ole Miss being 100% vaccinated is like the biggest upset of all time? A, that Lane Kiffin believes in vaccinations. That's just wild. And B, the state of Mississippi is at like 40% vaccinated. And Lane Kiffin got his entire fucking team to be like, no, no, listen to me. You guys are going to get this goddamn shot. I'm not I'm not forfeiting game to like Memphis because you guys don't believe in science. Fuck that. Go get you. I will hold you down. And you were, were putting this in your arm. Um, so I, I actually think that this actually makes a lot of sense if you think about it. Because I think Lane Kiffin has had a number of events in his life in which he had to go to um, a clinic. A clinic and get, get a penicillin shot? To get a shot. Yeah. Yep. All right. That makes sense. It checks and, out. And, and, it's, and, and to our knowledge, it probably has worked every time. Uh, there's nothing to say that it hasn't. Well, I, I, I just think that we want to be clear on this, on this podcast that both penicillin and vaccines work. Yes. Scientifically proven to both work. Um, and that's, uh, from the mouth of Lane Kiffin. And not Mike Leach. Special thank you to our co-hosts, Ben and Greg. You can find Ben on the internet at halfspaces.com or on Twitter at BL Herald. You can find Greg at Mr. Mojo Rising 89. And you can find all of us at TLS underscore N underscore TDS, where we are tweeting about football, football, uh, coaches poll, Lane Kiffin, whatever comes up, you know, at us, figure it out. Sometimes we'll talk back. Usually we will. Sometimes we don't. Um, we can't be found on Instagram. We will soon. We're, we're working on that. We'll get that up and running. Um, and a special thank you to our sponsors, the Smith Workforce Management Group, who you can find at smithworkforce.com as well as the Anchor app. And a thank you to you, the listener. We couldn't do this without you. So please like, subscribe, share, tell your friends, tell your parents, tell your kids. If they're over the age of like 16, there's cursing on this, but we try our best um, to like, subscribe, and, and give us five stars and all that other stuff. So thank you so much, and we will see you next time. Sports Social Podcast Network.